This is an SNTR update. If you're watching this on my updates channel, hit subscribe and the bell button for a constant flow of updates. If you're watching this on SNTR Gaming, it kicks off the live stream. I want to talk about Deathloop's gameplay and why I think the loot system is done very, very well in this game. I played a lot of looters in my time, and loot is one of the single most challenging things that I think lots of games face, especially when they want their game to be ongoing and something people enjoy for more than just one playthrough. Deathloop gameplay continues, in my opinion, to deliver twists, turns, and a complete mind job with its story, its attitude, and its unique approach to rogue gameplay that is infused into how the story is told. Something I quickly noticed after my last incredibly frustrating gameplay session is that they're getting a lot of things right with the loot. Hence, all of my frustration and strained efforts to protect the said loot. I got a lot of rage and a lot of salt in the last stream, and that's because they're getting the loot right. You don't care that much about a game and its loot unless they're getting loot right. Now, I will make this one allowance at the beginning of this video. I understand there's already some weapons and some builds emerging that might be a little bit broken or considered quote-unquote OP. That's something that I do think is somewhat unavoidable, but from a logistical standpoint, I think they're getting a handful of things right. Firstly, RNG and customization. The level of RNG in the weapon drops and the trinkets combined with my ability to then use those things in a variety of ways with customization I think is great for a handful of reasons. First, it lets me invest and experiment with weapons that I might be enjoying or I just sort of naturally lean towards certain weapon types and I'm able to then customize them and make them feel better. I tend to enjoy the Peppermill machine gun and the Strelic 50-50 shotgun right now and trying out different things with those weapons has been fun. Second, what this level of RNG and customization does is it creates automatic combat depth from very early stages of the game because you may approach the guns and trinkets in a completely different way than I have, meaning there's not just one option for play, but there's a lot. There's alternate strategies as well as varying payoffs. So. RNG and customization are the first thing they really get right. Second, they get infusion that doesn't suck. Something you will quickly feel the pain of from Deathloop is that even if you manage to have great survivability, the day-night loop cycle will inevitably come to an end and it resets your loot and your hoarded trinkets. This is just part of the story, it's part of the mechanics of the game, and you have to learn to deal with it. If, If you don't like that, then don't play it, but that right there, I think, at a very early part in the game, you find out that this actually is a pain point that puts you in decision making. There's a new currency that has to be gathered. You protect this currency by either staying alive or you have to go back and re-loot your corpse, like getting your souls back in souls. You get like one or two reprises, meaning if you die, you get a couple mulligans, we'll call them. You get little mulligans and you can kind of go back and get your currency. This created a really good tension and a pain point that I felt like had a good relationship. Don't die, stay alive. If you do, go back and get your residuum because you need it. Using this new currency, residuum, you're able to carry over guns, trinkets, or abilities that you've discovered before the day-night loop resets, and it creates a strong desire to not just survive, but to make good and painful decisions about what to keep and what to scrap. Lastly, I think looter shooters can learn from Deathloop. Too often, looter shooters fall into the predictable camp of there's a thousand guns on the ground and two of them matter, or they fall into the camp of our loot table is too shallow, so we're going to be stingy, and that's the best way to extend the gameplay. 
Deathloop takes a very different approach. Loot drops has just enough RNG and static drops to ensure you can loot up for a run, but then it creates value that is more determined by the player's preferences and choices than just the typical, well, this is a blue gun now, scrap the green. Looters that do seasonal content could really start to make and take inspiration from the way that Deathloop treats the player with a healthy dose of empowerment and wagging that finger and saying, "Uh uh-uh, you don't get to keep everything. It naturally increases loot value while limiting the player in just enough ways to keep them coming back. If you like these short update videos, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next one. And if you're here live or watching this as a past broadcast, we take these topics and then we bat them around. So if you like the VOD, if you like the past broadcast or my opening video, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so that way you're here when we're live. If you're here live right now, submit those questions and let's chop this one up. Let's chop this one up. Do you agree with me? Do you think I'm right? Could, could, I mean, imagine going from one season to a next and you got to choose what comes with you. You know, do the death loop pain choice of like, do you have enough currency? Did you prepare? You can only bring this. You can only bring that. Like, put people in that position to prioritize. Use that question command. Pick my brain. Ask me questions or give me feedback. What do you think? Do you think that this game's loot system could inspire looter shooters? System could inspire looter shooters. Or you're going to have people feeling this sense of like, what's the point right like let's say for example you don't want a pistol you want a shotgun and if you spend all day getting pistols because the drop rate's low and he either drops a shotgun or a pistol so you spend all day and get like four drops and pistol 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 and you're like you're you're happy you're like i wanted a pistol what if it's the inverse of that it's just all shotguns what if one player wants the shotgun and one player wants the pistol and it just the propensity there can frustrate you? This is why generosity is so important. And I think one of the number one ways to protect against generosity running into ground and like the ship just crashes, you have to have RNG on the weapons themselves. So it's okay if like a shotgun drops, a, gun, a, a pistol drops, shotgun, pistol, shotgun, pistol. You're like, this is great. And you're combing over them. You're looking at them. You're like, well, this one has this and this one has that. Like having different potential perks, roles, or, you know, wh- whatever, um, I think enables you to, to feel that sense of I'm getting closer to the one that I want instead of well, I spent all day and didn't get a single gun to even look at. I wanted a shotgun and I got pistols all day, right? It'd be a cool idea. I just know from the game that should not be named and other games that I've played in the past, the community will rage because they can't keep what they have worked for. I don't think you could do it with an existing game because you would upset player expectations. You'd have to have a new game that sets it up and says, this is how we keep things relevant. Does the system promote the rich to get richer because they can save more than the casual or does it act as an equalizer rubber banding casuals and hardcore back to the same point? I think Brutal Gear, that's an excellent question. You as the developer would attempt to do exactly what you just said. Make it more of an equalizer sort of rubber banding effect, but I still think you'd want to feel a benefit if if you were a hardcore player and you'd been saving up. 
I do. I think you'd, I think you'd really want to be like, I feel that I benefited from all of my saving. I feel that I benefited from all of, all of my, uh, all of my heart saving up. I do. I think you'd, I think you'd really want to be like, I feel that I benefited from all of my saving. I feel that I benefited from all of, all of my, uh, all of my heart. And you're all equal. You just have de-incentivized people from feeling a sense of pride, feeling a sense of accomplishment, feeling a sense of like, man, I, <laughs> I put in all that work and now it's all gone. You know, the, you would want there to be a difference between the, the, you know, the hardcore player and the casual player to a certain degree. Now, again, you wouldn't want it to be, as you've said, like a rich get richer. Like, I walk into the new season, I'm like, I got everything. I don't have to sacrifice a single thing. And then the casual player's like, I have a nickel. I, I can I can save a, I, I can save a, 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 a helmet. <laughs> and they don't get to come forward with anything, anything else, right? Tarkov does it with wipes. I'd be interested to see how that works. In a looter, in a looter, I'd be interested to see how that works. Like an ongoing looter shooter, you know. Imagine if, like, Outriders was an ongoing looter shooter with seasons, and a season would hit, and you would you would have to like go. Th- they'd, they you could write it into the lore, right? You could write it into the lore. You could say, well, if you uh, if if you come and walk through this. You're gonna get transported to another part of the of the of the planet, and you can only bring so much with you. So if you want to go into this era of the game, you can only bring so many things with you. Now you want to go back to the old era and grind it, go back to the old area. That's totally fine. But anytime you come over here, yeah, you got a little transport vehicle, and you can only fit so many things on it. It would feel like a slight reset, but it would be you making those choices and decisions. And then they would just know there's ample amount of loot and drive in the new area that you'll just start replacing. You would just start naturally replacing what what you had what you had earned, what you had found. You know, doesn't the hunt showdown have some uh, what of a keeping loot the longer your character survives matches? Sounds like a new game plus where you can only keep certain gear. Sort of, but you'd be going to a new area. It'd be a whole new story. It'd be a whole new DLC. They'd be like, yeah, there's this new there's this new enemy in force over on the other side of the planet, but we have to travel to get there. And in order to get there, you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to basically only bring so much of your gear, right? Tarkov is a looter. It's like the whole point of the game. Quests and loot and leveling your base and then all progress and gear gets wiped and everyone starts over at the same place. I don't know if I would like that. And if the mechanism of of advancing everything, uh, if the mechanism of advancing everything is the PvP element that they've built, I would be miserable, right? I would not like that. I would not like that. That would be, uh, I think that would be really unenjoyable. I, I don't like that style of play anyway. I don't like that style of gameplay where you're, you're basically, you know, <laughs> you're, you're just hiding and they're hiding and first person to move loses a lot of the times. You know what I mean? 
Sounds like a new game plus where you only get to... Oh, I already read that. Sorry. Man, we are just not... This This is not working today. Let's go with Demetrius's question. You express frustration when you guys want to talk too much. Anytime... This is... Let's just be real. Anytime we talk about loot, you guys have to find other games to, as a catalyst point. Work hard for me and do that. Like, we're with the Discord. I couldn't even look in the Discord. Like we got to get away. We got to get away from from that flat tire. You express frustration with the AI awareness and the accuracy in Deathloop. How do you propose they tweak the AI to have the player feel less frustrated and more rewarded when engaging in combat? I'll be honest with you. I don't think that they're good at the I don't think they're good at combat personally. If I, if I were if if I were to give you a review of the game right now, it's one of its weakest points. Stealth and combat are one of its weakest points. They can put their montages on their Twitter and their YouTube and make it look real cool and real special. No, the combat's not very good at all. The the, the, the AI is so... It's it's a combination of the AI being both dumb and also like aimbot. Just totally dumb. Or then they're like aimbot. So like, I went and stood in a door and just like waited for people to come and then just shot them as they came to the door. They were just they were just stupid. They were just mindless, just like running to the boom, 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 boom. I had a pile, I had like 12 AI dead outside the door, just like laying there. It's like that was easy. But then you'll get into other areas and like you peek out and they're like a mile away and it's like you're like getting shot like right away. You're like, "Oh my gosh." So I don't. I actually don't think Arcane's very good at combat. I don't. I think it's one of the things they're not good at. I don't think they're good at stealth. I think Dishonored One and Two, people like them, right? And it's it's they they're cool. They're 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 special. They're unique. But the AI and the combat and the and the stealth in those games, it's it's truly awful. I I played Dishonored One and Two, and I thought the same thing the whole time. I'm like, this is bad. This isn't good. Why do people praise this game? The stealth is terrible, right? They go from Helen Keller to John Wick in an instant, right? They seem they seem completely oblivious and 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 like they, they don't know what's going on, and then they all of a sudden they're like assassins. You know, a new looter will be Redfall. What's being said about it is it'll it will see the arcane take on the looter when that drops. Deathloop AI aimbot sounds same as Outriders. Yeah, Outriders definitely struggle with that. Dishonored Stealth is really forgiving, Lamau? No, it's not. No. I played Dishonored 1 and 2, and the, the, the times they would sense me, it made it never made any sense. It never made any sense. They'd be down the road looking at a wall, and I would, like, step out, and they'd be like, huh? And they'd, like, turn. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm crouched, slowly walking across the street, and it was like their cone of vision it was like they it was like they were like an eagle. It was like their eyes were on the sides of their heads. It didn't make any sense. It was like you didn't see me. Every time I played Dishonored that happened. I would I would take the time to go stealth and then one dumb guy would see me when he had no business seeing me and it would just descend into madness. So I just gave up. I was like I'll just play combat focus then, I guess. Like I don't know. I've never played an arcane game and thought they got stealth right. I always feel like it's clumsy. I feel like the enemies are like, they go from being, again, completely oblivious to hyper aware. I think that's the problem. 
I think it's the problem. It's not consistent. There are times where I'm like, man, that how did that guy not see me? How did that guy not see me? And then the next room I'll go in and the guy's like, huh? And it's like, wait, I, you shouldn't have been able to see me. Like, it doesn't, it, it, it goes, it goes back and forth. It goes back and forth between being incredibly frustrating, like you can't literally move like two feet to being like, these guys don't even know what's going on. It's like they're not, it's like they're on, um, uh, it's like they're on some sort of difficulty RNG dice roll. Like some of the enemies are going to be insanely good. And they, and they say that at the beginning of Deathloop, to be fair, they do say that like some enemies, when you like scan them or whatever, some enemies will be more accurate and aggressive than others. And that's, that's okay. Sure. That's okay. But it's like, that doesn't that doesn't make for a consistent and fun experience when you're trying to go through stealth, you know. Like there were stealth sections at the end of Ghost of Tsushima that I didn't like because it felt really forced. But I never felt like in Ghost of Tsushima or Assassin's Creed, even this new game that I played and will premiere later today, Origami Two. I I, I never feel like, oh my gosh, well that guy was super aware and that guy must have been wearing headphones like I've never felt like that in other stealth games I only feel that way in Dishonored 1, 2 and Deathloop it just I don't know I thought Dishonored stealth mechanics would be more like Splinter Cell but it wasn't and I put the game down because of it it felt too clunky I never felt like it felt clunky I actually always felt that they would it was like like loosey goosey right it feels loose I disagree with that one. I felt the stealth and combat felt great. For reals, the combat movement in Dishonored feels really good. I here's here's what here's what I think probably happens with Dishonored, Sven. I never got far enough to enjoy the spoils of leveling. I feel like early game Dishonored is incredibly frustrating, and late game Dishonored, you're like a god. Right? There's like a tipping point where you're able to like teleport and sneak and do all these things and from in 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 the early game you don't have any of that yet like they want you to maybe they want you to feel that way maybe they want you to feel like weak and that like sneaking is hard and that like oh i i can't do that and i can't do this and you know maybe maybe that's what they're going for maybe they're maybe they're attempting to create like a sense of progress and power fantasy and if I just played longer like a lot of people hearing me saying this are probably like what are you talking about man Dishonored was so great well if they played it all the way to the end your memory is of the end and not the beginning my memory is of the beginning I would get a couple hours into both Dishonored 1 and 2 and I just got irritated I was just like I, I. there was a section in Dishonored 2 with these robots and I was like I, I couldn't figure out how to get past them and I was streaming it, and even chat was like, I don't know, I don't know. And there was a guy in chat that was like, I beat it, but I had to cheese it. And he was like, trying to walk me through how he cheesed getting past these robots. Because like, they would immediately see you, like no matter what route I took, no matter what thing I tried. So, I don't know. You feel really powerful with the abilities late game. I think that's what most people remember. And right now in Deathloop, maybe that's what you're supposed to feel. Maybe that's the idea. It's passive storytelling. The main character doesn't have a lot of abilities. He doesn't have a lot of guns. He doesn't have a lot of strengths. And so he's kind of having to survive through really creative means. Like you're sneaking, maybe you're hacking, maybe you're completely avoiding combat, right? 
disagree the stealth mechanics in our games arcane games feel really good I, I mean you guys can think that all you want I, I'm sitting there playing them and on stream showing people I'm like how did that guy see me and everybody's like what well, never happened to me is what everybody always says if I can put on display inconsistencies in detection and stealth mechanics then you can't say it's good it's inconsistent right I remember playing Dishonored 2 and everyone was like that never happened to me yeah I don't know why that's happening I'll tell you why it's happening it's inconsistent it's not it's good when it's good but when it descends into madness everyone that loves the game just kind of shrugs and is like well never happened to me I, I had a perfectly fine experience I don't know why that guy looking at that poster saw you out of the corner of his eye like it was I don't know I consistently had that experience in in Dishonored where guys would like see me out of the corner of their eye and I was like I don't understand what, what I was crouched and walking across the street slowly you know Dishonored's issues are mostly attributed to its stiff animations based on videos Deathloop looks the same I don't feel like there are stiff animations in either game. I don't know. Finally able to catch the stream live. My work schedule switched from nights to days. Well, thanks for being here, Skiffy. I appreciate it, man. We might have to do we might have to do some more announcements on the main channel just to remind people we're live streaming over here because um, I don't know. I think we've I think we've lost people in the last couple of weeks with 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 the move. We were. We were, I, we, we had very predictable, you know, and reliable, like, here's who's going to be here, and it's, it's, it's descended lower and lower. So I might have to update that channel and say, hey, <laughs> we're still over there. Uh, we're just doing more now, honestly. We're doing, we're doing the, the more gameplay to feed the live morning show. If you consistently experience inconsistency, doesn't that make inconsistency the consistent experience? <laughs> Right, 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 right. Well, and see, this always happens. This always happens. This happened on Friday night when Hilly and I played Grounded. It happened on Friday night. This always happens. People are sitting there actively watching the chaos and the madness. And they're like, well, it never happened to me. Right? I had a perfectly fine experience. It's like, oh, okay, what does that have to do with what's happening to me right now? You know what I mean? Like, that would be like going to a fast food joint and they slam the food down in front of you, your fries spill on the floor, they tip your cup over, and they're like, get out of here. And you're like, what on earth? Why am I being treated in this way? And somebody being like, well, it never happens to me. I go there and they're real nice. And it's like, that has nothing to do with my experience. I had a bad experience at this place. Your good experience doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to you digging into games more. I'm looking forward to it too. I miss doing that. And I was so worried. I was like, dude, New World's going to launch. What the frick are we going to do? How am I going to play it? You know? And I wanted to play um, what, 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 uh, da, 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 Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cut. It had been really, really fun to play that to completion with you guys on stream and then do like a full review of it. And now we're in a position to do that. We're in a position to like play something to completion and maybe do a couple videos on it, maybe do a couple opinion pieces on it, but then also do like a full review of like, here's what I think of Deathloop. Like, Deathloop gameplay gets the loot right. Like, that's an opinion piece I'm doing today. And and then we'll obviously continue to play it. And then maybe eventually I'll be like, here's my complete review and breakdown of Deathloop as a full game, right? I already had breakfast today. I'm unaffected by the constant food analogies. There you go. (laughs) There you go. 
but that always happens in games always we had a terrible experience with grounded on friday night it didn't make any sense like i don't understand how that game got to be so popular unless it's really popular with survival game people but it it doesn't look like a traditional sort of kick you in the teeth survival game like ark or some of these other games where you start out and you're like i'm 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 literally wearing a loincloth and i have a torch i don't know what's going on grounded seemed more approachable as a survival as a survival game as a, as a game where you have to try to survive but the structure and the layout of the areas they don't they do not apologize they're like yeah you need to go over there and do that thing and you get over there and you're like what's that over there oh my gosh it's a spider and you're dying like within 10 minutes we were getting attacked and everyone's like well it didn't happen to me that didn't happen to me and i'm like are 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 you watching what's happening to us? Like, it, uh, <laughs> it's just, well, you went to the wrong place. What do you mean? We went where, we went where it told us to go. But that always happens. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll play, I'll play Dishonored on stream for you guys. And I would, sh- I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I could boot up Dishonored 2 right now, play for an hour, put on full display the inconsistency of the stealth and the detection, and people be like, well, it doesn't happen to me. I had a great time with it. And they'll just sort of shrug it off. Like, don't you see the fact that it, like, <laughs> that it can happen is an indictment of the game's consistency? I prefer when you break things down as you play, not just raw gameplay streaming uh, like they do on purple. I, we're trying to have a really, really good symbiotic relationship between, like, the live show in the morning and the gameplay in the afternoon. So you sort of are like, oh, I want to see him play. I want to see what he was talking about. Or, oh, he's going to play New World today. I want to see him progress because I'm interested to see. He said this about the looting system or whatever. Grounded is a survival game like those games. That's why it's popular. That and the aesthetics. Yeah, but it, here's here's my thought on a survival game. Here's my thought. No Man's Sky is a survival game. And you know what doesn't happen after I walk 10 feet in the beginning to go, I don't know, get carbon or go get some ferrite to to work on something? You know, here, welcome to No Man's Sky. Here's all the early stuff you've got to do. You know what doesn't happen? I don't get murdered for, oh, well, yeah, you, you walked over the ridge and um, there's a dinosaur over there and it ate you. I've never had, I didn't have that experience in No Man's Sky. I didn't even have that experience in uh, in Ark. And Ark's pretty tough when it starts out. You're like freezing to death, right? You've never played it on survivor mode? So when you play on survival in No Man's Sky, you're automatically getting attacked everywhere you go? Or is it just that you can actually lose your stuff and die? Because if you play No Man's Sky in survival mode, do they change the aggression of the enemy the animals do they change the aggression of the environments just because it's on survival you died constantly now if you start out on a harsh planet the planet will be killing you you know maybe there's storms maybe there's acid maybe there's rain maybe there's whatever you're gonna die so many times in the beginning I didn't even get off the first planet huh I didn't realize that they did that, that they turned up the aggression when you turned on No Man's Sky Survival. I just thought it was like, well, no, now it's in survival mode, so, like, you you, you can actually, like, lose your stuff. You know, there's an actual risk. I play all survival games, love them to death, one of the best genres in gaming. I, I would have preferred just to go into that game grounded 
and be like, can I just play normal? Can I play a campaign mode of, of this? It's a charming little game. It's a fun little game. Hilly and I laughed for two hours straight. And then the last hour, I was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm not having fun. We're just getting picked on. It feels like the game's picking on you. Animals do attack and the drones are worse when you go into survival. It's legit difficult and it tests a lot of your knowledge about the sandbox. I did not realize that when you went over to survival that they actually cranked up the difficulty. I thought it was just for people that wanted that laden risk of like, well, no, yeah, you're going to lose your stuff. You know what I mean? I can understand that viewpoint. Yeah, it just feels like the game's picking on you, you know? And so... I, I never played No Man's Sky Survival. I wasn't interested in it. I wanted to play the uh, the campaign. I wanted to play the story, especially when they added the Artemis story. I loved the Artemis campaign storyline uh, in No Man's Sky. I thought it was really dope. And when I was playing Grounded, I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, couldn't I just play through the campaign and the story and like make these cool discoveries? Because it was really cool to discover like that base under the tree and like find the wires and like work on the thing and like all of a sudden I've got armor and now I've got a spear that was really fun but what's not fun is every 10 feet getting dirt kicked in your eye it's like oh you're dead you're dead oh you're dead you're dead you're dead you're dead you're dead dead." it's like I have enough pain and disappointment in real life I don't need it in a video game you know I said the same thing last night when I was playing I would love a grounded campaign it would be such a nice like because then Hilly and I would beat it we would go back and beat that. We, we can't go back to that game now. It, it, it's not fun. It isn't. It's more like we're going to take your stuff and you're going to like it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I just don't... I don't get down with it. I'd rather play Dark Souls. You know what I mean? I'd rather play friggin' Dark Souls than that. You haven't tried Valheim. I know it's been out for a while, but they added stuff last week. I know they added some stuff to Valheim and people have been wanting me to play it. Unfortunately, I don't think it's just it's just not lining up right now with everything else that we're trying to do. Um, that's why I don't play Dark Souls. I love that about Dark Souls. The, the, the grit and the fire and the fury from the most recent episode of From Friday. Oh my gosh. That's great. That is great. I knew. I knew I could beat that guy. There is, there is, there is a weird sort of serene place in the midst of the salt and in the midst of the rage, when you know I can and will defeat this boss, even while you're losing and getting angry, right? Lono would rather play Dark Souls makes me so happy. <laughs> Tristan is from soft all the way, that's right. Valheim could be a great game to play with Hilly. Really, you think so? The only game where you can get dirt kicked in your face is Dark Souls, and you say thank you and keep going. Valheim could be good with Hilly, especially if you throw in your usual banter. I'll take a look. I'll take a look. Is there a way to play Valheim and like, can you cruise and just take it easy? Or is it like, because if it, that's the thing. As soon as the game tips over and is like hardcore, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for what we're doing. It doesn't, it doesn't work for what we're doing. Running on a different fuel type when you're in a fight. That's right. You know, you're like, I'm going to freaking beat you. Friday's positive defeat was glorious. You know what makes me so mad, Barrier? It would have been so legendary on that third run where I basically beat him and the camera, like, freaked the frick out and I got stuck in a chair and died. It would have been so legendary to beat him on third try. People would have been like, this guy is a freaking legend. Doesn't play Dark Souls games and just beat one of the hardest bosses third try? Get the frick out of here, Lono. (laughs) It would have been so legendary. You know what I mean? 
You can do literally what you want. You can take Valheim super easy. You can build for 12 hours if you don't want to engage in much combat. Really? I thought it was going to... I think the reason I stayed away from the game is like, I I don't know. I didn't do enough research, I guess. I just assumed Valheim was going to be one of those games that was like, if you're going to get your stuff stolen, destroyed, broken, whatever. The Souls community would have exploded. Oh, I guarantee you, if I would have beat that boss third try, people would have accused me of, like, watching videos or training ahead of time. I, I'd nev- I had never fought that boss before. And if I would have beat him third try, I guarantee you people would have been like, nah, this is suspect. This is suspect. The guy, he, no way. No way. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Souls community would have accused me of cheating. And by cheating, I mean, like, prepping beforehand. <laughs> Anyone here started to play New World, put Valheim original soundtrack in the background. You can thank me later. Oh, is the soundtrack really good? I missed Friday stream. What boss did he fight? Pont- Pontiff, whatever the frick it's called. The the um, the guy that swings his sword. He's got two swords and swings fast and like he splits himself in two. What's that game you like to prepare your camp during the day and fight zombies at night? Could have a good rhythm. You can set passwords to your world so it's only you and Hilly. Oh, really? Yeah, Pontiff Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a real, he's a real bee. He is. Valheim would allow you and Hilly to have your own sandbox free of griefers for any stressful encounters. Why? We we might have to try it then. I've been wanting to get into Valheim, but it's just like, I don't have time. I don't have time. (laughs) That might be uh, that might be good. Um, the forest, yeah. The for is it called the forest? I don't know. Let's put another question on the board. You guys are free to use the question command. We need a new command because I think people are nervous to use the question command if they don't have a question. Um, what would be a good command for like? We're just gonna showcase your comment like this. I, I'm I'm happy to showcase a comment here about the subject. Maybe showcase is the right command. I don't know. I feel like we need another command that indicates like, hey, let's get your comments up on the board, right? And then you try Valheim and I'm upgrading my membership. Why? (laughs) Ask. But it's, but the problem is, is I don't necessarily need questions. I just need a comment to throw up on the board, right? Like you, you could say, I think the game loop and Anthem was the best and loot once they got it right. This is totally fine. On the subject of loot systems and the loot system in Deathloop and the loot systems in Looter Shooters, it's totally fine to throw this up on the board and then I interact with it. We're not we're not in the old days where like you can only ask a question. Right? Well you can only ask a question. We're not in those days anymore. It's more of just a back and forth conversation. I think that Anthem I honestly think Anthem had the most promising the, 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 the comment. You guys think comment will work? Huh. Valheim's an extremely beloved game, that's why. Display. Let's go with comment. I feel like comment makes the most sense. Use the comment command. That might sound generic, right? Thought thoughts. <laughs> the thoughts command. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would just like to see it used more often so that we could get those 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 showcased comments up here. Um Echo Hammer or Sven says, How badly did Anthem make you want an Iron Man game? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Oh, especially when you played as the Ranger. Highlight? 
use the highlight command to have your comment highlighted on screen discuss is good use the discuss command to have your comment or question shown on the screen I remember getting sauce on my first few times at Pontiff wish the sword was that good when I use it yeah 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 you know what's funny you know what's hilarious about that fight in Dark Souls I had so many people doubting me they're like oh this fight's miserable without parry and I went on that last run and this son of a gun didn't touch me on on phase one didn't freaking touch me I was in the zone I I knew right when to dodge I knew I knew I knew when his his attacks were going to continue right just change the questions command to an all-purpose kind of command right that's what I'm thinking highlight sounds better I think highlight sounds good so why don't we do this I can just I can I can make a new command and just call it highlight add command highlight right there you go so use the question or the highlight command to have your question or comment highlighted on the screen there we go yeah um can you imagine an iron game with the depths of god of war yeah that's what I was hoping for wolverine give me like a god of war skill tree and like abilities and like stuff like that hot take I don't want people's hot takes that that gets that can get obnoxious I think Demetrius says how do developers strike a balance between making currencies fee currency fees valuable and rewarding to spend while simultaneously avoiding the currency being too abundant or too grindy to acquire well the, the dilemma I always have with a currency is that the currency is so transactional, right? So let me give you an example that might make sense to you because this is, this is how it makes sense to me. Anytime I would be studying for a test, dates were really hard to remember. Do you want to know why? They're static. In 1510, this happened. In 1672, this happened. There's nothing there. It's just a date, right? And 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 what I found more interesting were concepts, arguments, you know, you know, like in the realm of psychology. So figuring out like what was Freud's starting point and his view and his argumentation. What, what did what did Jung think? What did what did Skinner think? What did all these guys think? That is easier for me to study and remember because it's conceptual. I can create examples in my brain. I can I can put it into my own words. You see? I feel that a currency in a video game is very similar. It's just a static nothing. Well, now I have 400 bottle caps instead of 200, and I can buy this really special thing. I don't like that. I don't. In a loot-based game... The loot dropping needs to be exciting, not little weird pennies or seashells or, or, or nickels or bottle caps or buttons or whatever the frick you're collecting. It doesn't matter. You could literally call the currency gold bricks. There could be gold bricks and diamonds dropping everywhere. It doesn't matter because it's nothing. It's just a number that gets higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And then you spend that number on an item. Now, I will say XP functions as a currency in some games. So in God of War, you get enough XP, and then you can spend that XP on abilities for you or for Loki. And then you use those abilities while you're fighting. 
I think the minute you start to take XP as a philosophy and you apply it to a currency that enables you to buy loot instead of like getting loot, it's a very, very dangerous route to go. It's okay, I think, in a game like God of War, because like I'm 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 saving up and buying like a new piece of armor, or I'm saving up and buying some new thing to um uh to I'm saving up and buying like a new thing to to put into my axe, right? But at the same time, I, that's not a looter, you know. God of War is like action adventure; it's more linear. There is loot, there is customization, right? There is there are choices that you're gonna make. We're 40 likes away from 300 likes, guys. If you want to roll the likes over, um, but in a looter. The minute I'm playing a looter and I feel like I can just save up money, this is where Borderlands 3 fell off the rails for me in the first play session, right? I got overleveled by doing like a couple of side missions and then all the loot that drops on the ground is below my level. So what do I do? I go and I sell it. And I sell it and I sell it and I sell it. I feel like a pack mule. Pick it all up, go back and sell it. Pick it all up, go back and sell it. And then what do I do? Once you're on Sanctuary, the flying spaceship, and you realize that Marcus's station on that ship is always scaled to your level, the first play session falls to pieces for me. Why? Because all you're doing is picking up weapons like they're tokens for currency, and you save up your currency, and you just buy the best weapon that's available at that time. Well, I've leveled up two or three times, let me go check Marcus's station, and you buy a couple of weapons. It murders the looter-shooter element. Instead of like, oh my gosh, a big giant electric skag popped out, and I killed it, and it dropped a weapon at my level that was better or cooler than what I'm currently carrying, that doesn't happen. What ends up happening is you're like, ooh, I'm a level 15 and everything in the world is a 12 or a 13, so everything they drop is meaningless. And you sell it all. And then you buy it from the store. It's not a looter anymore. It's a vending it's a vending machine simulator. Kill enough enemies to go interact with this vending machine and buy a better gun. Freaking snooze fest. Boring stupid short-sighted I don't want to play that my my wife and I have been looking so hard for like a good couch co-op game to play I got both TVs set up we were both playing Borderlands 3 we had our own screens I was like yes this feels so good for first the first like couple of hours of that game feels so good you know what happened we got the sanctuary we got slightly over leveled and I was like frick this game this is boring I'm just going to go on missions like any other shooter and I'm going to come back to Sanctuary and spend my money on better weapons. But what you have to do is play through the game and get to the second place. Shut the frick up. No, that's so dumb. Why would you design a looter shooter whose first play whose first playthrough is so dadgum bad that I'm supposed to play through it quickly? Who Who does that? Hang on, Demetrius. Let me let me let me reset the let me reset the questions, and you can resubmit. We could probably stop limiting people, honestly, for now. You can resubmit now, Demetrius.
who does that? Who designs a game where the first play session is so poorly managed that the players conclude, yeah, you're just supposed to rush through this? What? Why? I'm still amazed that 20 years of Diablo 2 got the loot loot better than current games. I don't agree with that at all. Diablo 2's loot cycle is awful. It's nothing but an inventory management simulator. That's all That's all Diablo 2 is. It's inventory management. You don't have room for anything. They didn't they didn't contextualize the inventory at all. People are like, "Are you going to play Diablo 2 Resurrected?" Yeah, I'm going to play it on launch date. I'm going to throw it over my shoulder. I'm not playing that freaking game. It's so dated. It's so dated. It's a very pretty, outdated dungeon crawler. It's awful. I, the, the first time I played it, I, I, I played the beta. I was like, I, 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 I can't pick everything up. You, you have to let me pick it up. You have four stashes that you don't have to mule or transfer alone four stashes the potion system yeah the potions just cannibalize your inventory you can't pick anything up you're constantly going back to town no thank no thank you no if they would have contextualized the inventory system in Diablo 2 dude I would have taken a druid all the way to the depths of Diablo's lair I would have I'm like let's go let's do this but instead they were like yeah well it had been too much trouble to rework the loot, the loot inventory management system. So, yeah, you're just gonna freaking boomerang all day long in and uh, and hopefully you've got enough town scrolls. It's like you're buying your town scrolls. If we're playing games of completion more now, do you still need to play games like Diablo 2 or others that you know are throwaways? I think it's worth playing something new like that, Eugene, and doing a first impressions video and then moving on. Yes, I still think there is a, there is a reason to do that. Yeah, yeah. Especially if I'm going to get opinionated and get disagreed with. Because there's going to be plenty of people that love Diablo 2. They're going to be like, this guy's out of his head. This game's amazing. And I'm like, cool, come in and debate me. Like, I love that. You, you, you Try and convince me, you know? Try and convince me that it's not an inventory simulator. You know what I mean? Good quality of life change would have been own inventory for charms. Just create a page. I'm telling you, all they had to do is create four pages. A page for armor, a page for weapons, a page for potions, and then a page for like all the miscellaneous drops like uh, gems, jewels, and friggin' town scrolls or whatever. Instead, my my inventory gets cannibalized almost immediately. It's like, I, I need potions to survive! And, oh, the stamina... Come on, why is that still in the game? Just let me run around. What is this? I gotta go and run. I gotta go far. Now you're bringing stamina potions? Why? It's a dated concept. What dungeon crawler are you playing right now? It's like, you ran too far. <laughs> like, and then you're like going slow, you know? Stamina goes away after you're level 25. So why have it at all then? <laughs> If it just goes away once you're level 25, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? Just to frustrate me? Yeah, dude, you walked 10 feet. You're out of breath. What? I thought I was like an undead warrior. I thought I was a like a almost like a demigod, and I can't. I run like 50 yards. Oh gosh, 
Like, I'm already, look, look, I'm already a 39-year-old dad. I know what it is to run and, and get and run out of stamina. I don't need to feel that in my video games, please. You know, if, if it goes, <laughs> if it goes away at level 25, just get rid of it altogether. That's another way they could have contextualized that game. I don't know. It's a nostalgic love letter to fans of the game. It ain't hooking anybody else, I don't think. I really, really don't, right? Most of the problems you have become mitigated when you get to higher level. And that right there is exactly why they shouldn't be problems in the early game. What's What purpose does it serve? It, like, why frustrate me on the road to level 25? Just let me enjoy the road to level 25. You know what I'm saying? Stamina thing hitting home. Actually, I actually have, uh, because of the bike, because of the exercise bike, I'm not, I'm not quite as out of shape as I used to be. <laughs> the real challenge is playing enough to reach 25. Right, like, just make the journey to 25 enjoyable. Like, what purpose does it serve? They're like, yeah, this is really annoying. It is really annoying. Yeah, we know it's really annoying, so we remove it at level 25. Well, then why don't you just remove it now? It, it's like in Borderlands 3 where they're like, yeah, we can have loot drop at your level. Yes, loot scaling, co-op loot scaling. We can uh, we, we can, we can give you that. Okay, give it to me now. No, 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 no. You have to play through Borderlands 3, all you know, a whole playthrough before we'll turn that on for you. Wh- why? <laughs> Let me turn it on now. Why, why do I have to earn that? No, yeah. You got to play through the entire game. You're going to be level 20 and everything dropping is like a level 15 and 16 and you're just taking it to a vending machine and selling it and uh, it's it's pretty futile. It's pretty frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we make that leave on playthrough two. Let me... Can, can I pay money? I would pay... I'm not kidding. I'm, I mean this. This is truth. I would literally pay $10 for the first playthrough to have that option turned on. My wife and I would play through that game and I'd have a freaking ball. I'd love it. I can't I can't do it. I can't freaking do it. I'm not going to play through an entire game picking up stuff that's underleveled. I'm not I'm not doing it. It it literally it murders it murders my draw my drive to play, right? These aren't nuisances. These aren't nuisances, but that's a hard word to say plural. Nuisance sounds good. Nuisances is tough. Uh, the game doesn't really begin until you reach the hell difficulty. And I think that when games have to say that, I'm like, is that good design? You know? People said that about uh, Monster Hunter. The game doesn't really start until the 16th hour. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what did you just say? The 16th hour? So, I'm gonna gamble with 16 hours of my life. You don't understand how valuable time is, right? It's, it's the invaluable currency. It's so valuable. I, I can't give you 16 hours on the hope that I enjoy once it gets better. I can't do that. Cyberpunk, same thing. Well, you're still in the tutorial. I'm not giving you five hours of my life. I'm not gambling with that. Jordy coming in with a tier one. Welcome to SNTR Gaming. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. Guys, remember, use that join button. Use that join command. Maybe order some coffee. Those are all ways to support me directly. Use that shirt command. Hopefully we're having a stronger month with 80s tees because I'd like to have a better email conversation with him than the last two. (laughs) Diablo 3 is close to this too because you aren't getting relevant stuff till you're 60 and farm greater lifts. Yeah, but here's the thing, Wolvie. You don't know that until you get there though, right? 
that's the beauty of a progressive loot quality system I, I, I don't know when I'm playing Diablo 3 for the first time that, well, until I'm farming greater rifts, this is all junk. No, 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 no. It's dropping at my level. It's all relevant. It's all exciting. I'm equipping new stuff. Dude, the early game of Diablo 3 is like, you're, you're equipping stuff constantly, unlocking stuff constantly. It's new. It's fresh. It's exciting. Yes. Right? Right from Rip, this is trash because it's not endgame. You may know that intellectually, Wolvie, but it's not an experiential reality. Do you understand? Like, here's what I mean. When I'm playing a game that I know has an end game, I intellectually know that all the cool things I'm getting now, they won't be cool a week later. I know that intellectually, but experientially, that's not the experience. I pick it up, I whack the thing in front of me. This is great. It's contextually powerful. It, it, it lands in the game at that time, okay? And then when I play Borderlands 3, the problem is, is I'm a level 20, everything dropping is level 17. So it's not even contextually efficacious. It is literal. Just trash, throw it in the vending machine. Trash, throw it in the vending machine, right? And in Diablo, my experience in Diablo 3 was everything drops at my level. Do I like it? Does it fit my current build? Is it the weapon that I enjoy using? Does it work with my current setup of like strength and all the other things that I've specced into? Whatever. And then I get to use it. And then sure, deep down intellectually I know, well, this, is, this isn't long-term gear I'm going to be using, but it serves for the purpose at the time. It gets the job done, as it were. So when I'm playing through a game, I never want to feel this sense of futility, like, well, this is trash. This is trash. There's no... The, 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 the problem is, is when you do that, your game is top-heavy. All the values in the end game, all the stuff's out there. Everything you're doing now is worthless. Well, why even have it? Why even make me do this then? Just let me skip all this crap. Let me just jump to playthrough 2 in Borderlands 3. What's the point? What? Why? You've invested... Like... You invalidate and devalue the early game if that's if that's how you set your game up. Well, yeah, the real the real game starts at hour 24. Well, then why did you design these 23 hours? What what what's the point? You just retroactively devalued all the development, all the work, all of the love. Well, yeah, this is all junk. What? No. The first playthrough is supposed to be fun. Fresh exciting oh it's got that new car smell everything you pick up is new and shiny and sure an hour later it's all in the dust it's all in the trash bin it's all in the trash bin that and that's totally fine if i'm always saying this is better whoop and i throw something over my shoulder this is better i'm just hacking my way through the enemies Oh, bing, new thing dropped. Pick it up. <gasps> this is better. Whoop. You know, you know the meme where the guy's walking with his girlfriend and he's he looks behind at the other girl? That meme is a good looter. New loot, and then the girl that's upset is current loot. Your current loot's like offended. <gasps> I can't believe you're looking at other loot. That's how a looter is supposed to feel. It's supposed to be like, you're the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. That's why the content loop hooks you. It's it's always triggering like a, just a little bit of bing. Oh, yay, I got a new thing. 
that doesn't happen when you set up hours or levels or grinding of just pure futility. That doesn't happen. Right? That I thought you were running out of stamina. No, that's more like, oh yeah, guys, oh yeah. I'm, all, I'm, I'm cramping up. Whew, I'm cramping up, guys. Just give me a second. Kana looks good. Seen photo mode. Beautiful game. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I love games like that, Mo. I really, really do. I'm not sure how all this stuff in Outriders feels. I'm just sitting around catching dust. Oh, I'm sure that's how all my stuff in Outriders feels, just sitting around catching dust. You're describing Diablo 2. That's the pushback that I'm giving. Like, there are players... Please tell me you're playing at the completion. We're really hoping that we made these adjustments in time, Eugene, to do that. Yes. I want to play Deathloop to completion. I want to play Kane Bridge of Spirits to completion. Here's the dilemma we're going to run into. Those games are now butting heads. I don't know. Does video game voting get sort of shoved to the side for a while and every day I'm working on Kana and every day I'm working on Deathloop? That might be the solution. I don't know. I I, I really don't know. I, I just... I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, I'm gonna brain. I'll brainstorm. I'll brainstorm with creature, and we'll we'll think through what we're gonna do. What are my thoughts on Biomutant? Biomutant is a fast food picture of a burger. Is what it is. Looks fabulous, <laughs> and there's nothing of substance there. <laughs> it's just you see those commercials, and you're like, oh man, look at that cheeseburger. Oh yeah, it's glistening. You know the buns. Oh, the bun's perfect. Oh, oh my gosh. And then you go get it. No substance. Maybe a stomachache later. Like, that's Biomutant. Biomutant's beautiful. Super cool. Super creative. On the surface, and you peel back, you rip that label off, and it's just a disaster underneath. Just a disaster. I, it was so sad to me. And I know a small team worked on it, but... Mmm. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. when I can play a game like Origami 2 and the combat is super satisfying I don't want to freaking hear that you work, that a small team worked on it I don't, I don't want to freaking hear that anymore Origami's 2 combat's great right? it's great Deathloop missed the train we made this change to make it possible after Deathloop start I think starting fresh well, I'm being told, Creature, that Kana is only like 8 to 10 hours long. So if we beat Kana and there's nothing new and relevant yet, and there's that window of like, well, what do we do now? We, we would loop back to Deathloop, I would imagine. That's what we would do, right? Uh, we would do that knowing that it's not relevant in a week, you know, but we're doing it to create that, that evergreen playlist of like, here's a complete run, you know, so. Yeah, if Kana, if Kana was like a 30-hour game, I don't know. Some outlets are saying 15 to 20. I would like to play completionist. You guys know me. I want all the little check marks on the map. Bing, bing, bing. I want all those little check marks like I did in Spider-Man. You guys know me. I, I bet you I could turn Kana into a 20-hour game. Yeah, New World's dropping in eight days, so we, we gotta, we're going to have to hustle in Kana. We're going to have to hustle. Right? I don't know. I don't know. To me... To me, this discussion is early game is just as important as end game, but for different reasons. Does that make sense? I don't like this idea that like early game or the first playthrough 
I don't like people saying, oh, it doesn't matter. I, that that's stupid to me. Oh yeah, first sixteen hours, first twenty hours, first eight eight levels, ten levels, twenty levels, whatever. They don't matter. I I I think that that if that's the conclusion, then I don't think the game is designed well. The game is not designed well. When I when I played through the early game of God of War, I was like, well, this is crap. This sucks. This is chintzy and awful. This is designed poorly. I'm having a bad time. Boy, I hope it gets better at, at such and such a level. Boy, I hope it gets better at 10 hours. No, it's great from moment one. What do you What do you mean? The end game is supposed to enhance and expand on the greatness of the early game, not the other way around. You're not like, well, the end game is where all the greatness is. The, the early game sucks. What? No. Early game gets you hooked. Late game makes you stay. That's exactly right. Yo, Moody coming in with a gaming tier one. Thank you. I love to see coffee orders and I love to see memberships. It's really encouraging. It really, really is. We are we are scrappy over here on this channel. We're, we're going to scrape and claw our way to get this channel into a good place. So if you're a new sub, a new member, or a new coffee order, maybe you've ordered a shirt, maybe you've ordered a displate, any of those things, Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Early game needs to grab you and show you how fun the game can be. The end game keeps you hooked. That's my opinion. Yeah, we're all saying the same thing differently. The end game is supposed to enhance and expand upon the greatness of the early game. They're bedfellows. They're dance partners. If you don't get this right, then all that's going to happen is the slip-off slope. You know what a slip-off slope is? I just came up with it. I want you to imagine that this is a hill. And the steeper the hill, the more extreme that the slip-off slope is. Right? The steeper the hill. So, when the hill is steep, and it's really hard for people to get into your game, there's a slip-off slope, where eventually people just slip off. They're like, I I can't do this. It's it's gonna take too long, or it's too hard, or whatever. Right? If the, if the 80s tea guy wants more of my money, he needs to expand the Scarface series. <laughs> Yo, Christian, thank you so much for coming in and doing a gaming tier one membership. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. Five new members today, guys. Thank you so much. We really want to drive. Membership, understandably, on Presents is dropping. So we need to counteract that over here big time, right? Um... What 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 Kana Bridge of Spirits answered somebody. This guy said, I read before that one will be able to finish a game on a weekend. Does it still stand for the delay? Previously quarter one. Means you guys are expanding the game. Either way, I can't wait to play it. And Kana Bridge of Spirits says you should be able to complete the game over a weekend. Yeah, so it's not gonna be like a super long term, long burn, in depth game. Right, right, right. Um Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I should have joined sooner. Oh, no no problem. Thank you, Moody. I would buy that Mega Man Scarface shirt right now. Oh, this was a Scarface shirt? Yeah. I like to have a lot of variety, so I try to go from, like, video games to, like, comic books to, like, the movies and kind of, like, rotate them all. Near Automata is apparently a good game, but after completing the most boring, long first level, I quit and never went back. Okay, Here's here's what a game should attempt to do. In the first hour of the game, 
the content loop should be established. You're going to go and do this, and this, and this, and this. And guess what? You're going to do it again. Different areas, different enemies, different difficulties. But that's it. That's the content loop. You're going to do this, and you're going to do this. A little bit of that, a little bit of this. And then you're going to do it again. Okay? So, your first hour of Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man, God of War, or Ratchet and Clank. Your first hour of of Cana Bridge of Spirits tomorrow. Your first hour of Death Loop. It establishes the content loop. And then you know, I like this. Or oh, I I hate this. <laughs> you 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 know, right? You know. It's that it's 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 not like it's hiding it from you. You spend the first hour and you're like, I don't really know what I'm gonna be doing in this game. You know, the tutorial is awfully long. Now, now some games, okay, some games it's going to take a little bit longer to establish the content loop because, okay, the depth of the game, the size of the game, their their substance, like there, there's there's maybe there's too many systems. Okay, they don't want you to feel like you're drinking from a fire hose, so they sort of space out the tutorial let's imagine that cyberpunk was a really really good game instead of like an okay game that some people like and some people hate it's it's not it's not a very good game we know this even if you like it you have to admit it ain't a very great game it's it's had a very very rough launch and it's not in the greatest of shape even today it's still i wouldn't consider it a great game worthy of any awards okay great to see them improve it great to see them making strides it's great to see that people actually like it and play it okay but we would say it's not it's not a very good game let's imagine that cyberpunk is a really good game like witcher level praise i know witcher launched with bugs but let's just imagine that like cyberpunk was just an excellent just five star rated game crazy awards on the horizon just a super super smash success i think that people would be okay with the fact that the tutorial and like the opening and the establishing of the content loop it takes a while why there's too many systems to shove into a 60 minute play session there's just too many and that's okay right that's totally okay why because it's probably better to treat it like if you guys ever gone to like a place that's like tapas and it's no, there's no entree. You're basically eating appetizers all night, right? They bring them out, and then they bring out some more, and then they bring out some more, right? They kind of space it out. I think that's okay. If you went to like a tapas restaurant and they had like a giant, like, like giant lazy Susan table, and they just brought all the food out at the same time, some of it would get cold. It would take. It would be too much at once. Like this is too much food at once. Like you got to space this out. What in the frick? We can't eat all this. I don't even. I don't even have room on my plate for all of it. I put two or three things on, and now everything else is just gonna sit and get lukewarm and cold. It wouldn't work, right? So some games have to sort of treat you like a tapas restaurant. Like you got to bring it out in stages, and it's gonna take a while. And that's totally fine if all along the way they are establishing the content loop if it's pure just tutorial instructional and it takes like three hours then you've made a you've made a just grave error right i need some sega t's at 80s 
if you use this command, it'll take you to the video game collection. I, I think there's a pretty good amount of Sega stuff. You might have to go search for, you know, I don't know what you're looking for, like Sonic or whatever. 0451. Put in any lock you find in Deathloop to get a trophy. What's the, where did you, what, how did you get that code? Where do you get that in the game? So I'm, I'm, I'm simply saying no game should be either telling you or leading you to conclude that the game's not worth playing until hour number four or five or, or I, I don't, it will gets better. Or the gameplay loop doesn't really start to, you know, to take off until hour four or five. No, no. The only way, right? The only way I would, I would be okay with that is if it's like, if it's a game is super, super substantive. I watched a Lord Addy video last night and he mentioned you. Was it like a really old video? There's no way it was a new video. I highly doubt he mentioned me in a new video. Kena photo mode is very impressive. If you like Rift Apart, you're going to be shocked. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I know Deathloop is getting good reviews, but I don't know. Looks like a shallow experience. Would prefer Dishonored 3. I think it's a very, very creative take on storytelling to use rogue mechanics and weave it in. Oh, it's four years old. Had no clue you were Siva famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was patient zero. That's right. Digging the Rockman tea. Oh, yeah. Is this is this the color he is when he puts on Rockman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like woven into the lore of that game. It's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> you guys want to know? You guys want to know the truth about that? People would people would love to know. But that was all staged. That was all staged. What else do you think's been staged? You know, they privately tell people what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah. Ah. I got receipts. <laughs> I got receipts. <clears throat> Uh, Silent Warrior with a comment. Do you think looter shooters would benefit from a need before greed looting system? Loot drops for your group, and your group chooses the options, and it's a random roll. That's how EQ2 did it. You... You gotta be real careful with this, because like it would have to be woven into the identity of the game. Like, what do you do with a solo player in this environment? You would only do this in, like, you know, Elder Scrolls, like a dungeon or a raid or something, you know? You know what I'm saying? That, that's, that, like, that, you'd have to weave it into the game, and it'd have to be in certain areas. I would think, and I think a lot of games do this in, like, the end game, Need vs. Greed is like a dungeon raid thing, and the team is, like, having those debates and discussions or whatever outside of that environment I don't think you can just put this in a game like yeah everything you beat every boss is need versus greed like what do you do if you're playing by yourself do you know it's it's going to happen ESO ESO removed the RNG drop hmm you're just impressed. I mean, I couldn't read Discord this morning because of the debate. I was like, I, I accidentally read one of the comments. Like, it's so easy to fall back into those discussions. 
So they bring a new loot system. Well, you would get the loot. So even if you were in this in this hypothetical, if I'm by myself, Silent Warrior, I just get to I just get to pick based off need versus greed. And even if I'm by myself, I, I I'm not super familiar with need versus greed. I just know it commonly shows up in a group setting in Endgame, like a dungeon or a raid. It's not something that like what you you interact with when you're by yourself. Last time I used a need greed system, it was Lord of the Rings Online. My wife and I played a really, really good Lord of the Rings game back in the day. If you're by yourself, you get everything. Okay. You're fine, Murph. You're fine. Even over the weekend, I couldn't open the Discord. Like, everyone was debating about the game. I was like, cool. You know. The cane of photo mode's incredible. Like, in-game time isn't stopped. So... Oh, so like if you want to get like a really great action shot though, the the, the the everything still keeps moving? If you're alone, you would just get the item. Okay. I mean, to me, to me, that is, that's like after the fact, right? That's like after the fact. That's like a, you know, if you build a really, really good loot system, Right. If you build a really, really good loot system, then that can come behind as sort of a logistical, like a logistical system, as opposed to being like, I don't think that's like a foundational thing. I feel like that lands on an existing and flourishing loot system. Does that make sense? I freaking hate my hair right now. It's fr- I just freaking hate it. My stupid haircut got pushed back. It's too long. Um, that's like... I- I'll give you an example. So, like, customization and crafting. I don't think customization and crafting are foundational. I feel like they're logistical structures that come in after the fact. That's That's what I think. They come in after the fact. They can't be foundational because they're too, they're they're too in depth to come in and being like like a foundation. They come in on top of a really really good loot system that works and functions. Like you have to build a foundational, very very good loot system with the knowledge that there's going to be customization or crafting or need versus greed. Does that make sense? It's like I'm trying to think of an analogy. It would be like going camping and once you get there, suddenly deciding that, oh, what are we going to do for food? We're going to fish? Do we bring food? Uh, no, no, no. You would plan before you went. You would either bring the tools necessary to forage and fish, or you would bring the food and the coolant systems and the cooking systems to cook and prepare what you brought or a mix of both. And then once you get there, those logistical approaches to managing your daily sustenance that comes after does that make sense so like need versus greed or customization or crafting that that you have to plan before you get there that that's what you're going to do with the loot you can't like get to the end game and be like you know what would really help this looting system would be need versus greed what would really help this loot system is crafting no not unless they built for it 
people always brought that up in the in the game that we won't talk about. I was like, you can't just shove that into a game. It doesn't work. You have to build your loot from the ground up in order for that to be a thing. Like when you play Fallout 4, like crafting is 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 there because they built the loot system around crafting. They didn't shove crafting into the loot system. If that makes sense. Google Beat says, if Insomniac made an Iron Man game after Wolverine, I would lose my mind. If I know anything about Marvel, it's that they kind of don't stop after just a few, do they? (laughs) So, I would imagine we're going to continue to get Spider-Man games you know, in in twenty in twenty twenty nine, we'll be buying like Spider Man three. <laughs> we'll be buying Spider Man three, and um, th- I would imagine. You know, I don't know what their plans are for Wolverine, but I would think they'll just keep cranking out Marvel video games. You know, you could do an Iron Man one, sure. Um, you know, uh, you, they've got the Midnight Suns game coming out. You know, they've got the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game coming out. Now, obviously, we want Insomniac to handle everything because of what they've done with Ratchet and Clank and what they've done with Spider-Man. You know, we, we would want them to handle all of the property because they, they seem to kind of get it, right? Um, so... 2029, maybe Half-Life 3 will finally be announced. Yeah, maybe. Maybe by then we'll actually have uh, uh, Half-Life 3. It, it's, it's possible. What do you feel is a more rewarding path to acquiring best-in-slot gear? Long, deterministic grinds that allow clear progression to the item attainment or getting a super rare but powerful drop. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Right? I think it's somewhere in the middle. I don't think either of these are good. I think they both have significant flaws. So the clear progression to item attainment is then a transaction of time. Like, if I put in enough time, I'm going to get the thing. I, I I don't think that that functions as well as there's always a chance. Now, but that doesn't mean I like the rare but powerful drop if it's super rare. No. No. I think what you what you have to do is you have to create drop rates that are healthy enough to motivate a consistent rhythm of engagement. So the drop rate's healthy enough to motivate consistent engagement. And the items dropping are diverse enough to prevent too easy or too quick acquisition. Do you see? I think both of those gears need to be turning. So a rhythm of drop rate that you keep coming back because you're like, stuff keeps dropping and I really, really want a sword that has bleed. Like, let's just say that's really important to you. You want a sword. This guy can drop a sword with bleed and you really want one because you know it's really good and you keep going. And you get a shield and you get a helmet and then you get a sword. (gasps) No bleed. Keep going. You get a shield. You get boots. Sword. (gasps) No bleed. Do you see? 
the drop has to be consistent enough to keep you feeling like there's a chance there's a chance there's a chance because that does something to you psychologically get the drop check the drop get the drop check the drop that does something to the player's behavior and then the diversity in the drops protects the game from uh, like attainment uh, obtaining the item can't be incredibly easy do you see that in my mind is the is the is the mechanism is how the machine looks and when i picture in my mind a good loot mechanism that's what it looks like because if not you're you're painting a picture of two pitfalls in my mind these are pitfalls it's just clear progression to the item if you clear if you kill this boss a hundred times on the 100th time he will drop the sword with bleed do you know what that does 99 of those fights suck why there's no chance of getting it you your your mind is not engaged there's no there's no elation there's no dopamine there's nothing it is grueling run number 81 run number 82 run number 83 oh my gosh oh i gotta take a break for today gotta come back and do 17 more gee my frick Instead, let's say it takes me 25 times and it takes you 38 and it takes some other guy 6. Doesn't matter. Every drop is a chance. Every time you the boss dies and you see the little twinkle of the item coming out, there is something that happens to you that that it's it's somewhat intangible. You're like, huh? like there's that 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 moment of elation, moment of surprise, moment of satisfaction. To me, that's the mechanism. If, if you make it super, super rare, then what ends up happening is you kill the boss 30 some odd times and 29 of those times you're just like, nothing, 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 nothing. And you're like, I, I don't feel a sense of progress. I don't feel a sense of, uh, uh, of accomplishment. I don't feel a sense of loot pursuit. I feel like there's this big shroud and mystery and cloud of like, Am I ever going to get the item? Right? Am I ever going to get it? I don't know. They're both they're both pits. I feel I feel like they're both pitfalls. They're both pitfalls. Like a slot machine or watching a card come out in poker. Right. Do you want to know why slot machines are so addicting? You want to know why? Because the visual stimulation of getting so close to three cherries fling fling <gasps> oh. fling uh, fling oh. fling fling uh, fling oh. you just keep oh, so close it's the illusion this is this is why gambling is so dangerous it's the illusion of almost the illusion of almost is i almost got it no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't. Your mathematical chances of getting three cherries are, are not suddenly better because you got two. No, you didn't almost anything. You either win or you don't. It's either the, it's either the jackpot or it's not. But the illusion of the almost keeps you going. And in, in, in video games with RNG on items, like the illusion of the almost is going to keep you coming back. 
The other thing to keep in mind is it's not quite as extreme as a slot machine. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? You get a sword without bleed and you get to try it out and use it. Maybe you like it. Maybe you like it without bleed. Maybe knockback is a better... Maybe you're like, you know what? I thought I wanted bleed, but this knockback version is actually pretty fun. They just buffed knockback. Do you see? So you you get to, to, to get the item and even though the, the item's not quite what you were looking for, at least it's close. At least you get to like, at least you get to try it out. That's why a loot system that is either purely deterministic of time of time and progression or super duper rare, I think both of those systems are inherently flawed. I think they're inherently flawed. Uh, next question is, what kind of game is Kana Action Adventure? Yeah, yeah, like an action adventure, you know, charming little game. Hilly says, do you like the loot system in New World? Have been deliberately ignoring as I want to play Day One Fresh, but I can't help myself. Yeah, we're going to dive into New World pretty heavily. And from where I sit right now, the New World loot system, you know what, you want to know what the biggest pitfall is going to be for the New World loot system? It's going to be really recipe driven. What do you mean by recipe driven? You're just going to figure out the best way to create the best loot. And then you're just going to get that that uh, proficiency up. It's going to be very transactional, I think. I think that's going to be one of the pitfalls. If I right now was to make a, a, like a prediction about what's going to be the shortcoming or pitfall of New World, I think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be the it's it's too it's too one to one it's too just do enough of this just get enough of this and then make this you know is hitting three cherries better than hitting three sevens oh I actually don't know I was just giving an example look at Alex's heirloom grind there's a chance of getting an heirloom from an apex pack or guaranteed on your 500th pack talk about a carrot right Right, and the dilemma in something like that is, in in my mind, is that the the five hundredth pack is so out there, it's so insane, it's so like, it's 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 almost it's almost it's such a high number that you feel like, well, I better just purchase, I better just spend the money. That that's like that's close to a squeeze. What I call a squeeze is when the game makes progression so long, so drawn out that that no one's going to do it, or they're going to just feel passively motivated to spend money. You know, um, that that's that's what I think. That's what that's what that's a squeeze, and that in Apex feels like oh, that's that's really close to a squeeze. That's really close to a squeeze. If good loot was common in games like WoW, it would lose the driving force behind playing the game. Not necessarily, no. No. If good loot is common in a game like that, what you can do is you can create a an enhancement angle, a customization angle, some form of an angle to say you've got good loot, but dot 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 it's not great yet. People don't mind transactional progression in MMOs. It's not a looter. Yeah, MMOs are a little bit different. MMOs are a little bit different. Yeah. If New World is more casual, is for more casual MMO players, is transactional better or worse? I think transactional actually is it it it, it fits. It fits the bill. It fits the uh, 
the format. It's the kind of game. That's the kind of game that they're creating. Is a game where you put in the time, you get the stuff. You know, like what David is saying. Like people aren't going to mind transactional progression in an MMO. It's not meant to be a looter. Now there are items in MMOs that you can go grind for that have low drop rate. Like maybe there's going to be some wolf king in some cave, and like he can drop some crazy awesome thing. That'll I, I that'll be a thing I would imagine in a game like New World. But that's not like the primary grind. The primary grind in games like New World are more a matter of what's important to you. Do you want, you know, do you want to get your fishing up? Do you want to get your crafting up? Do you want to get your cooking up? Do you want to get it all up? Do you want to get it up? Just kidding. Do you, you know what I'm saying? It comes down to you and then you just invest in the lanes that matter to you and then that creates your strength. So, like, your strength in a game like New World is largely determined by you. You're like, well, what do I want to be strong at? And you just kind of throw yourself at it. If you want to be really, really good at crafting, cooking, and fishing, you throw yourself at it, and you just do it every day. Bam, 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 bam. More, 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 more. And then maybe you're helping your guild. Maybe you're making weapons for your friends. Maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're constantly fishing and selling the meals in the auction house because people don't want to be bothered by it. They're like, I just want to go grind. I'm going to go buy meals, you know. A rare drop like a large salmon. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Demetrius says, Do you feel that time gating and having weekly lockouts have a place in games with heavy RNG systems? Rating weekly in WoW just to get one of the ten items you want can be very demoralizing. <clears throat> yeah, this is a good question. Because this one's tough because good game design dictates that you you can't let how do I want to phrase this you can't let people like brute force and browbeat the game into submission and then they're with just enough time they they're like with just enough time they, they, they get the greatest item or they get the greatest thing or or they just raid all week long now the pushback is usually if I want to raid in WoW all week long to try to get all the items then let me do that okay and the developer is probably going to say yeah but we kind of have to protect the player from themselves because if not there's going to be a natural degradation of player engagement at that level which means it'll become harder and harder to get people to raid you know at a faster rate you're going to have a depreciating return of players in those levels and areas of the game do you know what I'm saying what's the displate size those are the large there's I think what is it like medium large extra large extra large is where they send you four displates to build one picture so I believe these are the larges Me- they don't have small it's like it's medium large extra large this is the large in between Mediums are mediums are, are are quite a bit smaller than that. Not a ton. And then the larges they ship you four displays to build a big one. You know? So imagine this being divided into four quadrants, you know. Just slice it down the middle, slice it right across. And then they were all bigger. So I think this is the best size, personally. I think large is the best size. Now depending on your decor and your rooms and your, your living rooms and stuff. Um, you you might think medium is better, it might fit better in the room. That's that's possible. 
extra large I think looks super dope, but you're going to really need a nice big open wall to do an extra large disc plate. Which, by the way, we've got a great relationship with them. They're sending me more, and they have some officially sponsored stuff um, that they're uh, they're going to be doing. That they that they've like official game sponsored stuff that we're excited to get our hands on. So, um, hang on, I left I left some stuff open on my phone, and it's like it's killing my battery. I hate weekly lockouts, but I understand why. I can't have it all the first week. I, generally speaking, the reason I think people rail against it, Demetrius, is like once you're at that level, the rest of the content doesn't matter, and I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem. I think you have to create pockets of value in the game so that, let's say you're done with your raid lockout for the week in WoW, there needs to be quests world bosses and grinds that you can continue to do throughout the week that'll make next week's raid a little bit easier oh yeah if you farm this guy out here yeah he can drop an axe that's just really really helpful in the raid or this armor piece is super super great it's got really good resistances for a lot of the attacks in the raid I'm gonna grind for that for the rest of the week that was a bit of a pain point if you don't create those pockets of value, if you don't create those other avenues of like loot and power, then what ends up happening is the game gets real, real small. You got this big, massive world, this big, massive game, and your end game or your more hardcore, more ardent players are like, dude, the game is so small. All that matters to me is this one activity, and now I'm locked out for the week. DC. The lockout's not that bad if you're like, that's fine. I have other things I can go do this week that'll help with next week's raid. Armor pursuit, weapon pursuit, whatever. Like, oh, there's a sword over here or whatever. Wow, TBC is like that for me. Most of my best in slot comes from the raid, but three items are PvP, some are reputation rewards, and some are rare world drops. Right, you need to have... If I was in charge, this is what it would look like, okay? I want you to imagine a circle, and around that circle, it kind of looks like a clock. You've got, like, four or five activities that at, a, at an entrance level, you're cycling through those four or five activities. Why? There's purpose behind all of them. A couple of them are really good for armor. A couple of them are really good for weapons. A couple of them are really good for mods, enhancements, or whatever. And so you're going through that cycle. That shouldn't change in the end game just because things are going to get harder just because things are going to take longer whether it's a raid or a dungeon or like a world boss farm you should be continuing that content loop to feel like a well-rounded character what you're describing is the current situation in Marvel's Avengers. There's the Omega level threat and nothing else matters. Yeah, this is this is a mistake that so many game companies make. The end game cannibalizes the rest of the game. They're like, "Welcome to the end game. You're now strong enough to engage in the end game." You're like, "Oh, yes. Oh, finally." And you're like, "Um, cool what what am I going to do well the only thing that matters is this one activity and we're going to lock you out of it every time you do it so that way you keep coming back week to week well um do these quests and bounties world bosses dungeons does any of this matter anymore oh no no none of that matters that's all crap now you 
You, you can't do that. <laughs> you, you can't do that. The end game just cannibalized 80% of the game. That circle, and this is why I always call it a spiral staircase, it should go up. It should just keep going up. Enhan- all of a sudden, all those missions are enhanced and expanded. Higher levels, better loot, whatever. Better color drops, whatever. Zzz, go up a spiral. Zzz, go up a spiral. Zzz, go up a spiral. And guess what happens? More than likely, the spiral gets a little bit more narrow, and that's okay. But for the most part, it's the same content loop. You're doing the same stuff, but it's been enhanced and expanded upon. Instead of all that matters is this. Nothing else matters. Do you want to know why that doesn't work? Who's going to play a game for 30 hours and be like, dude, this content loop is so enjoyable. The bounties, the missions, the quests, the fetching, you know, the fetch quests, the dungeons, all this. Oh, this is so great. And then you get to the end game and you're like, all this stuff I was enjoying, just shove that out. Get out of here. All that matters is this now. What? Like, no. Like, <laughs> when you go to a restaurant and you order, they bring out some bread, maybe some chips and salsa, and you eat it. And then maybe you order an appetizer and you eat it. And then a salad comes out and you eat it. And then the entree comes out, okay? Let's say the entree is just amazing. It's so good. You might come back next time and be like, you know, I want my appetite to be a little bit bigger. I'm going to pass on the bread. But that doesn't mean that you're like, well, since the entree was so good, the rest of this food is garbage to me now. Don't bring me chips and salsa. Don't bring me an appetizer. Don't bring me a salad. Uh, that doesn't. Don't bring me any. All that matters is the entree. Some people might do that. They might be like, look, that steak was so good. I barely had room for it. I don't want to fill up on bread and appetizers. Maybe, maybe. But for the most part, you don't suddenly turn on the rest of the menu and say, the rest of this is crap and doesn't matter. Don't even bring me water. You don't do that. But in games, a lot of times, that's what the end game does. The end game turns around and like a dinosaur just like opens its mouth and just like cannibalizes the rest of the game. It's like all that matters is this one activity. Nothing else matters. And you're like, doesn't that really cheapen how big, broad, and expansive this game is? There's so many places I can go. There's so many things I can do. I engaged in all these, all this content leading up to now, and now none of it matters? Final Fantasy XIV allows you to grind old content to get a currency that allows you to purchase close to best-in-slot gear, even if the content is years old. <coughs> the Burning Crusade. Yeah, that's what C- the TBC stands for. First and last good expansion in WoW. Yeah. To me, I think that's the dilemma in looters. Very common dilemma in looters. Is that they create this... It's like when you climb a mountain, you turn around, and, and the view is worth it, right? And you're and, and you, you see how far you've come. You're like, oh, what a great achievement. What a great achievement. This is so great. What ends up happening in a, in, a, in a game like that is, oh, hey, somebody ordered some coffee and I didn't call it out uh, a minute ago. A dark roast bag to Gritter. My man, Gritter. Thank you, Gritter. That's not a very good analogy because like, you have to climb back down the mountain. But I feel like in video games, what ends up happening is you climb that summit and it's so great and it's so enjoyable. And then you just live up there. 
and all that content that you enjoyed, all those missions, all those bounties, all those dungeons, all those quests, all of a sudden you're like, ah, yeah, that's all absolutely worthless. Just worthless. I think that's unfortunate. Team Dark Roast. Yeah, Team Dark Roast. If you guys haven't yet, do me a favor, click subscribe, click the like button. We are trying something new. We have shortened this show a little bit, and it does start at 9 o'clock now. Uh, We're making some changes to have the opportunity to play more games and to complete more games and to chop them up. Obviously, we're a little late on Deathloop. We should have been doing this the second or third day after it launched. So obviously, relevancy is a little bit low, but this is still a good test case for, hey, if you want me to dive into a game and play it more and break its systems down, we want to get back to doing that. Uh, Hopefully, the core audience starts to, uh, to to catch that and think, oh, yeah, they, 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 you know, we like this, we miss this, whatever. We are going to be giving you more content with this change. Um, and it does, it does help me out a little bit and frees me up a little bit in the mornings to have a slightly uh, more open morning for, for, more, uh, for more content, for more recording, for more stuff. So I'm going to quickly step away. We have more stuff to discuss and more content. I, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a button. And it's going to tell you about it. I'll be back in just a second. Smash like, subscribe, maybe consider becoming a member with the join button. Uh, use the shirt command, display command, or the coffee command, and I'll be right back. If you're enjoying today's show, hit subscribe and that bell button. Hit the like button and stick around. We'll talk about Halo Master Chief getting less seasonal content and my first impressions of Gas Station Simulator.
Yo, what's good, Cap? Been on vacation for two weeks. Chair's taking over. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay, let us do... We got our other segments we need to do here. Um, I might have a... Yeah, that's fine. This will work. This one will work. Uh, we want to loop it. Okay. So this one's going to be about Halo Master Chief Collection getting uh, less content. 236 is going to be Halo. This is not surprising, but I think it certainly is news. <clears throat> this is an SNTR update. Halo Master Chief Collection will be getting less seasonal content going forward. And if you like these short video game update videos, be sure to hit subscribe, the bell button, and the like button. This is not really that surprising, but I did think it was worth covering given the transition that we're about to go into with the Halo Infinite launch and the ongoing support of the Halo Master Chief Collection. Now, PC Gamer reported on this, so before I give you my opinion, I need to read through what the official statements from 343 state. In September Dev Update, the publishing team led by producer Michael Farney shared the team's stance on where the MCC stands in the run-up to Halo Infinite. To make room for the new game, the upcoming Season 8 update will be the, uh, will be the Master Chief Collection's last patch this year. But once Infinite is settled in, Farney notes that it becomes harder to justify splitting resources between the two ongoing Halos. Here's the quote. Starting next year, we're targeting pivoting away from our current seasonal model and cadence to instead focus on smaller MCC updates that can land when they're ready based on development status and studio roadmap alignment. These updates will continue to be free and will include the unreleased features and content from this year, as well as continued effort to improve stability and tackle legacy fixes where possible. So, unsurprising here. I, I don't think this should, should really surprise anybody that they're going to make this change, so I want to talk about why this is a needed pivot. This makes perfect sense from a logistical standpoint as the developers will need to pivot their primary attention to their latest and major launch title, especially if they want the seasonal model to be a success. If they want Halo Infinite to be successful, this is needed. You can't have developers dedicating equal amounts of time to the Master Chief Collection. Beyond that, the MCC has a limited shelf life in my mind, given that over time, you're not acquiring new players in that funnel, and the existing player base will naturally just decline over time. I don't think that's a a slam. It just makes sense. Less people over time will be playing the Master Chief Collection, and you're not putting new players in the bin, which means you're not making any money off of them. In addition to the natural decline, the launch of Halo Infinite will certainly create a noticeable exodus that, for a time, will heavily influence the MCC engagement numbers, and in all likelihood will drop them to a predictable decline trajectory over the long term. Just less and less people will be playing the Master Chief Collection. 
Lastly, let's talk about the passive push. You will want to passively push more players, especially your dedicated players, out of the old and into the new because they will be a great resource of feedback on the gameplay loop as well as the seasonal content structure. Plus, you want them playing the new game. You want matchmaking times to be fast. You don't want people sitting around and nobody playing. It wouldn't make sense to make it easy to stay in the old MCC stomping grounds with a healthy and sizable update every once in a while and substantive content while Halo Infinite is on the other side of the road trying to coax both new and old players into the fold. This can't be looked at as anything but positive. This is the good thing that they should be doing. It is predictable, given that almost no game would continue to service and support their earlier titles while launching a big bad sequel and trying to get lots of people playing it. They do have a 10-year plan. This is kind of the last point I want to make. The 10-year plan that 343 has for the Halo franchise certainly contains within it a downshift for the MCC and a renewed and ongoing focus for the Halo franchise as a whole. Halo Infinite, I believe, has been named rather intentionally, I would think, and they're likely wanting to push as many players of the community into the new playground and the facilities as possible. This is delicate, however, because you want the long-term confidence of the player to not be weakened or damaged by making this shift in focus too drastic. Many might say, are you going to do the same thing to Halo Infinite in the future? Even though the answer is obviously no, you don't want that to be on anybody's mind. As always, if you like these short gaming update videos, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next one. Alright, so that's the that's the news on that one. Jay Chris coming in with a huge, huge tip. You're an inspiration for myself and others to keep going no matter what life throws at you. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. It's been a long road, and we're still on it. You know, it's been a long road, and and we're still on it. And you guys are uh, hopefully continuing to feel like you can back what we're doing and uh, and continuing to support what we are, uh, you know, what we're trying to do here. Um, We really, really appreciate the uh the support um we do we we really appreciate the support i'm trying to find a uh gas station simulator trailer so i can give you guys my uh my thoughts on it yeah here's one here's one um so thank you thank you whether you guys support by buying coffee shirts from 80s tees or you know displays or your memberships all those things it, it, it's so so helpful um, you know, we, we, we love seeing the membership go up here at Unlocking Emotes. I know a lot of you guys are still keeping your memberships over on the other channel. Uh, and that, that we appreciate that as well. We really, I'm really, really liking the change. Um, this show being shorter, it's, it's a little bit easier to take a slow day when that happens. Cause we got more on the way. We're going to play more Deathloop. We're going to play, uh, Tales of Iron, a, a video game thing that you guys voted on. I've got a premiere over on Presents of, um, of Aragami 2. So much content to deliver each day. It's a little bit easier to take. Like, ah, it's a slow morning. Oh, news is slow. No worries when you've got, you know, four things happening in the day instead of just two. So, um, does the gas station ever get robbed while working there? There's like a kid named Dennis that comes around and vandalizes and you gotta like scare him off. Um, but no. Um, I don't think there's there's like people that come and rob you. I don't think. Double dipping. Thank you again to, for, for the people double dipping. The road will be long and uphill, but you guys really help pave the road. It means a lot. Yeah, it really it really has been exciting to see um, just such a good core group coming over 
uh, in the midst of just how scary it's been. Um, copyright claim on a past broadcast by who? It's the content is question has been made claimed by Merlin. I don't even know what that is. I guess we'll just mute it. I don't know why they keep doing this. Just such random copyright claims on old videos anymore. Um, we really want to see 7,000 subs over here as well. Um, obviously, I think the most I think the most sobering aspect of coming over here is that I have a channel you know that was nearing 50,000 subs and almost nobody came over here uh, from that. Like you, you got to consider that's a lot of people that are either, I, I, again, I wish I could just delete inactive accounts from the channel. Like, let me push that button, you know, drop that channel down to like a 25,000 sub channel and it would look a lot more impressive. Um, so I had a guy in the comments again, trying to like passively blame me. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. I was like, I, I, we immediately pivoted to variety game coverage. I didn't, it's not like I got banned and stopped creating content for like three months and like, Oh, I got to figure this out. It's like, we immediately pivoted to try to continue giving people a great show and this is fair but it's like people didn't like the show that's not what they wanted they wanted you know the other game and um it's unfortunate you know that that's the reality and i'm seeing so many videos you guys keep putting videos in youtube uh, in, in the discord of like other people having the exact same experience like there's so many channels right now that are like we hit all these great milestones but all of a sudden we <laughs> we we, we can't get any traction because we're too big. You know what I mean? Are false claims to try to claim part of the monetization a thing? It was a really big problem a couple of years ago, Eugene, and it's gotten better. A lot of the times now, it's easier to just mute it than to fight it. I don't want to fight it and then be like, get it wrong or something because you have to like sign a bunch of documents whenever you fight it. Like, no, I there's, that's not in the video or I have a right to use this. We just mute it. It's just easier to mute it, you know? Live by the algorithm, die by the algorithm. Right, 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 right. In my mind, what I want to see over here is 10k subs and a rock-solid support group because that'll be more predictable. I don't want to mushroom up to like 25 or 50,000 subs because we, we, we hit it rich in some game. That'll be just as bad. Like, we'll be in the same situation. You know what I mean? Harris Heller had a claim for his own music. Yeah, there are companies that do that. They just buckshot all of YouTube and a lot of channels won't even bother fighting it. So what those companies are doing is, is just, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's, it's get rich by a million pennies is what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Because there's so many channels out there that just won't fight it. They'll be like, well, forget it. And they'll just ignore it. You know, and then that company's making pennies here, pennies there, pennies, 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 pennies. You know what I mean? Yeah, Harris Heller owns all the music. Yeah, it's all his. He pays artists to create it, and then he distributes it under his name. Yeah, yeah. It's literally distributed as copyright-free music, so it's like it's absurd for anybody to try to claim it. We we every once in a while get false, we get false positives, and all I ever use is Harris Heller's music. You know what I mean? So, yeah. How much coffee have we sold today? One, four orders today, guys. Thank you very much. So, we want to promote the show as Lono, not what Lono was talking about. You guys know what we'll play. Look how many are here right now with no reach on this channel. Right, right. 
once this channel starts to get reach, we'll be in a much better situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven't dropped in for a few days. Are we even uh, naming the game anymore? No, I don't even want to say the name of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, this is so cool. I know you can't watch it right now. Oh, something about villains and Far Cry. Oh, that the extra thing that they did. Do you think the YouTube community just doesn't respond well to variety, especially with an exodus of purple streamers leaving, also bringing the tribe-like mentality with them? Um, it, it's more like this, Sid. If I go into the forest and I am foraging for a, for just for mushrooms and that's it, okay? I'm likely, if I do it right, going to come back with a nice full bucket of mushrooms. But if I go into the forest and I do a broad foraging, some mushrooms here, some flowers and some roots and some plants there, right? And then I come back with that with that bucket. It's not as focused. So it might be it might be like a little less full because you know, you're you're trying to fill the bucket with like a lot of different things. So maybe it's not as heavy. Maybe it's a little bit lighter because you you know you you're not just filling it with you know with rocks or mushrooms. You're filling it with all sorts of different things, right? So it's really easy. Like I've got a couple channel ideas that would be really easy to feed consistent these types of games. Bam, 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 and then you build an audience around that. Okay, but when you're trying to build an audience around a variety of things. It's really difficult because most people don't treat YouTube that way. Most people treat YouTube the same way they treat television. Well, I like baseball, and so I watch baseball. And when the baseball game switches off and some other sport comes on, you probably don't watch. Okay? Now, you might watch SportsCenter, which is kind of what we're trying to capture, right? We're trying to capture the people who are looking for, like, the SportsCenter of gaming you're going to come here it's going to be a carousel of topics relevant games relevant feedback this game was good first impressions here's a deep dive it's just hard it's just harder it's not as focused focusing on one game or one game type is a bit of a cheat code and what i mean is you're leveraging something that already exists i'm going to cover this game there's already a community there they already love the game you didn't have to convince them the game was good. They're already a fan. That's a bit of a cheat code. It fills the funnel a little bit easier, right? When you do variety gaming coverage, the difference there is there's not really like a fan base for variety gaming. It's just, I like this game and this guy's talking about it. Let me go check it out. And you hope that the show is so good and the vibe and the community is so enjoyable that they're like, I'll come back even when he's talking about other games. It's a much harder sell. It's a much harder sell. You you have to be delivering a product that is so top shelf and so excellent that they don't care that maybe on a Tuesday you were talking about their favorite game, but then the rest of the week you're not. But buddy, they better like you a whole lot. They better think that your coverage is so good. that's the challenge that's the challenge so when you make it to where someone can't cover their game anymore it's a it's a direct 
it's a direct detonation of what that channel was and the value that it offered. It like it it, it built itself over four or five years, and that's what its base was, right? Even with Sports Center, although they'll quickly run through all the scores, when it comes to the bulk of the programming, they'll always stick to what sells. Right. That's right. Yep. That's exactly right. So it's harder. It's harder. But I think we have a good plan that it'll be stronger. You know? Like, here's 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 a really, really good analogy. If I'm trying to grow a channel around one game, that's one thread, okay? And that thread can get longer and longer and longer and longer. Like, look how long the thread is. Look how big the channel is. But that thread is weak. If you pull on it hard enough, bam, it breaks. All it takes is, uh, I want to cover other stuff, or I want to do variety, and then that thread breaks. It's weak, okay? It takes a little bit longer to take really thin threads, right? Variety gaming coverage, here's a little bit of New World, here's a little bit of Halo, here's some Deathloop co- excuse me, coverage, Death Stranding, Cana Bridge of Spirits, right? And you're, you're, you're weaving a cord of multiple threads. Takes longer, it takes a lot longer, but it's a lot harder to break that cord. Why? There's multiple threads to it. So if the PlayStation guys don't show up, you're not like, where is everybody? Why? You got your Xbox guys, you got your Halo guys, you got your fans of Lono, you got your fans of the discussion, fans of the show, and it's okay if one thread doesn't show up that day. It's okay. Why? You're weaving something that is so much stronger, and it takes way longer to do. Way longer. But, if you build, if you if you weave those threads together over a couple of years, I believe, it's my belief, from what I know of the industry, that if this time next year, we're still only at like 25,000 subs, this channel will be better and stronger and more successful than the other one. Why? Because it's not about the size, it's about the strength, the loyalty, the resiliency, the predictability. It's more about that than like, oh, we got we got 50,000 subs. It doesn't matter if 40,000 of them never show up. If you got 25,000 subs and throughout the week, 75% of them are showing up, that channel will be kicking like a ninja. It won't look that strong when you look at sub count. You're like, well, it's not a very big channel. But you'll start looking at the videos and the background metrics and performance. You'll be like, no, 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 no. That channel, that channel is a strong channel. I want to have a strong channel, not necessarily a big channel. Now, strong channels can suddenly become very big, but I'm telling you, we're going to be real careful. When I'm playing New World, do you know what I'm going to say? Hopefully you guys are loving the show. This is a variety gaming channel. If you click subscribe and the bell button, do that if you want to get variety gaming content in your sub feed. Now, why am I doing that? Because I don't want a thousand people to hit the button because they think I'm a New World channel and then a week later, like, oh, he's not talking New World and they leave, but they stay subbed. They're going to they're gonna slowly do what all of the all of the other game subs did to me. Talking, is he talking about that game? No, okay. And then they don't, they don't, no. I'm going to constantly say that. 
don't hit subscribe if you're looking for a new world channel i'm not a new world channel i'm a variety gaming channel talk show in the morning gameplay in the afternoons i'll break down new world i'll give you in-depth skeletal analyzation of the game and what's good what's bad but if you subscribe and hit that bell button expecting new world content you're gonna be real disappointed in a couple of weeks so don't bother and people like you're actually telling people not to sub that's exactly right that's exactly right i want good subs not lots of subs there's a giant difference and we're going to constantly have to put that before people when we're playing Halo Infinite, when we're playing Battlefield, when we're playing New World. Like, you are not subscribing to a channel that's going to camp out on this game for seven months. We're going to camp out on it for a couple of weeks or so. We're going to stay in there, really squeeze it, really get a lot out of it, really break it all down, but constantly letting people know this is a variety gaming channel. Can't wait for your in-depth worldview uh, with New World debates. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yo, it's good, African Jedi. Speaking of variety gaming coverage, uh, this game is kind of surprising uh, everybody, and I want to give you my first impressions of Gas Station si- Gas Station Simulator. Uh, so let me do that now. We'll go at uh, we'll go at two fifty six, and we are we are shortening the show a little bit, so we will be moving over to Deathloop gameplay uh, in just a moment, and tomorrow we'll be playing. Kana Bridge of Spirits and don't forget after Deathloop video game voting you guys voted for Tales of Iron we'll be playing that cute little platformer this is an SNTR update the gas station simulator is sort of taking steam by storm and I played it it premiered over on SNTR presents if you want to see that gameplay and I was pleasantly surprised by this game and it's taking off so I wanted to give you my first impressions if you like these short gaming news updates be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button that way you continue to get my uploads so why do I think gas station simulator is doing so well let me tell you I want to break this down I want to talk about the graphics I want to talk about the loop and I want to talk about the hook okay the graphics the loop and the hook first the graphics the environments I think are actually pretty impressive that's one of the things that sort of surprised me the most Uh, it's good looking it sets a really really nice stage I would put it on the same level as like a Fallout 4 with respect to the objects the setting uh, and the environments and I think that's kind of necessary for a game like this it has to look nice it has to look good or you're not really going to get that invested the characters I will say are probably the weakest point uh, of the game with respect to the graphics they can almost look kind of humorous or sort of strange looking but I think they serve a purpose I don't think they look bad I don't think they hurt the game ruin the game whatever but I think they serve the purpose of the game uh, with what it sets out to do even the graphical design of the game creates a good sense of progress and advancement because you see immediate evidence of your work in the layout of the objects and the gas station itself like i for one wanted to go back and start painting i painted the exterior you can see here you know the the, even the the sign outside was getting cooler i wanted to paint the interior i was putting paintings on the wall that i think the graphical fidelity of the game even that shiny new sign they put out front plays a part in this game being so satisfying which i think is related to the loop the content loop is surprisingly addictive from the very beginning just seeing things get cleaned up and looking better makes you want to play more and click on the next piece of the tutorial they're walking you through how to clean how to paint how to deal with dennis the i guess it's supposed to be like dennis the menace like dennis comes around and vandalizes and you have to like 
you throw stuff at him <laughs> to scare him, and then you uh, you you paint to uh, to get rid of it. But I definitely wanted to continue. I wanted to go to the next thing and go to the computer, check my email, and and do the next step. What I didn't expect was just how calming the game was when you put just a small amount of time into it. It was strangely therapeutic, working on sweeping a gas station and painting the exterior. I really enjoyed the the almost relax, like relaxing element of the game. After just 15 minutes, I felt an unexpected sense of pride in how things looked, which is interesting given that I've never really cared about simulator games like this before, and I even have some ideas of like, I might start maybe, you know, creating some content with these games. We're, we're brainstorming on what we could do with these sim games because we played a couple of them, Lawnmower, Bus, uh, bus Driver, and now Gas Station Simulator, and we've kind of enjoyed our time. So lastly, let's talk about the hook. This game is sort of topping Steam charts, and I think it has to do with the hook. There was an immediate and undeniable hook with this game, and even now, I want to go back and start working on doing the next thing, which to me is why so many people are finding the game enjoyable. Even when you put it down, you have this sense of, I want to come back. I want to do more. I'm not done yet, and that's so important in games to get you to continue to engage, is to give you that sense of, I gotta go back and do more. Something about the investment makes you want to do more. The fixer-upper aspect makes me wonder if there would be room for like a house flipper simulator, which maybe there is one, but I could see that sort of thing being successful. That sense of investment and fixer-upper, they could do, you know, house flipper simulator or remodeling simulator or something like that to remodel people's homes. These things might already exist. It definitely made me want to go back into the game and create content with it because honestly, this type of game allows a level of freedom and investment which lets the player dictate what is fun and how long the game is played. So those are my first impressions of Gas Station Simulator. Check it out. It really is enjoyable if you like those types of games. If you like this content, hit subscribe and the bell button and I'll see you in the next video. There you go. Three segments and we're good. That's it. I gotta get the uh, I gotta get the Deathloop stream uh, scheduled, and uh, let's see here. Open this. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> Save image. Save. Okay. But four orders. My w- Mama just asked, "Any coffee today?" <laughs> Sorry, my wife just asked. <laughs> That's who you are, your mama, like, in the home. Uh, let's see here. Go live. Mm-hmm. She said four is okay. <laughs> All right, schedule a stream. Let's use the last uh, death loop settings. I think that worked just fine. Uh, this will be part three. There we go. We're going to change that, though. Okay. Let me make sure everything's in here how we want it. Um, okay. Wait, boo, 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 boo. Next. Yeah, customization should all be good. Okay. Liking the new length. <clears throat> Remember how much you laugh when I say you'd be good at sim games? Well, I do think there's a pretty big difference, though, creature, between a city building sim 
and like gas station simulator and you know what I mean I, I still think there's a pretty big difference there I do right embrace the salt and rage <laughs> Yeah, we're also going to be trimming the show. So if you come back and watch later, it'll be it'll start it'll start with the the death loop talk. We're going to always be shaving like the first 30 to 40 minutes off the show to motivate people to be here right when it starts. I'm going to plug the, uh, I got to plug the controller in the PlayStation controller. It, um, I tell you what, man, these PlayStation controllers, they, they do die a little bit faster. All that haptic stuff. Am I weird that I think it's a cool ending to the uploads when you do the see you in the next video and you do that sort of little head tilt like back to work sort of motion? Give me, uh, give me one second. If you're enjoying today's stream, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the bell button so you don't miss the next one, and give that like button a smash.
Okay. Here's what we're switching to. Some death loop. Again, we appreciate you guys supporting variety content. Uh, lots of different things. If you enjoy the talk show, I really ask you to come over uh, and support the uh, the death loop or gameplay streams in general, even if you only hang out for a little bit. We're going to play Deathloop for a couple hours. Then you guys voted. Tier 2 members and above get to vote. We're going to be playing Tales of Iron in the afternoon. And then I have a premiere of Aragami 2 over on Presents. Tons of content. Support of it. Uh, support as much of it as you can. And I'll see you guys over there uh, in this stream. It should take you with us with the redirect. If not, I will put a link in chat that you can click uh, to come over with us. All right? See you guys over there.